Like, but like, where would Devin Booker play on on on, on the Warriors? And like, would he come off the bench? Like, would he start and then you play Clay Thompson at the three? Like, it it just doesn't work. No, but I mean, Kevin, like we said, Devin Booker's style is not the first player, so he could. I mean, he might be able to do that Lamar Odom, um, Manu Ginobili role. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but the thing is, is that, like, we realize that Devin Booker can only – his value is in one way and one way only. Like, yeah. him him shooting the basketball. Like, with Steph Curry – like, here's the difference. Like, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, it's like we already know the value. Like, Steph Curry, like, has the ability to create, like, in his own shot, break down the defense, and, like, set up everybody else. Even when he doesn't have the ball, he can just run off screen. Same with Klay Thompson. And also his value with Klay Thompson is also the defensive side of the ball as well. With yeah. Devin Booker, his value is only one way, which is just give him the ball, isolation, and then give him the shot, which doesn't work in a continued ball-flowing offense like the Golden State Warriors or, or like Boston or somebody else. Like, you literally have to deconstruct your offense to, you know, to accommodate for Devin Booker's uh, ability to take shots. And, and he's, not as, yeah. he's not as polished offensively as the Splash Bros, you know. Yeah. Like, you could take the ball out of Steph Curry's hands, but Steph Curry's still a pretty competent facilitator. And even when he has the ball, he's a threat anywhere in the half court. People don't realize yeah, yeah. he's he's like 65% at the at – the, he's 65% at the rim in his career. He shoots 90% from the line from three. He's, all, he's a 40% three-point shooter, and he's shooting damn near 50% from the field anyway. So, Steph Curry can give you about 30 anywhere on the court if he's so very well shoot. And Klay Thompson yeah. is – what arguably the second or third greatest shooter of all time. And if you watch, you know, their games, he can shoot in the post. He can shoot in the mid-range. Klay Thompson can create his own Clay bucket. Klay Thompson even. can arguably out is a better is arguably a better shooter than Steph, but I said arguably. Because they're both. They both I mean, we've seen both get hot, but we've never seen Steph get Clay hot. Um. I'm sorry. I, I've never I've seen Curry get hot. But I've seen Clay just is unconscious. Like he just touches the ball, releases, and it's you just know it's going in because of how just his flow. Younger stuff. Yeah, and like, and that's also no, that's funny. Like I think that's also another myth that we could just talk about. It's like I don't need to see you know Clay Thompson dribble the air out of basketball, similar like James Harden or Russell Westbrook, you know, just to prove that he can carry a team. If you could tell me that this guy can drop 30 when he's, like, white hot or, like, 40 points while I'm taking six dribbles, like, off the screen, then that's perfect for, like, any any team. And that's the difference about, like, Clay. With Clay, you don't need to deconstruct your entire team offensive, offensive scheme in order to accommodate for him getting shots. He doesn't need to touch – he doesn't need to, like, you know, get isolation balls or, like, you know, just him getting out the way. Like, you could just run screens. And, honestly, like, it'd be perfect. Like, that's why I always wanted Clay Thompson here in Philly because – Ben Simmons could just drive to the rim, and then, like, we could set off-ball screens with, like, you know, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, and then Clay Thompson could just, you know, as soon as he grabs that ball, it's pulled. And, like, his – his and not to mention, like, his form is, like, such a beautiful thing to watch. So, it's, yeah. like, that's that's 30 a night in which you can watch Clay, like, you know, just torch defense. And not to mention, like, he also gets dirty on the defensive end of the floor as well. So – like it's like I feel like Clay's like one of the more underappreciated players. I feel like even there's nights, especially during those playoff runs, Clay is a lot more valuable to the Warriors than Clay than Steph Curry is. 
Yeah. Can you imagine Clay playing for Popovich and that free-flowing offense? That's a scary. He, he would – I mean, Popovich loves players like Clay because you just – he run off the screen and he – you know, like we, me and Jordan said before, he runs a certain – he runs a very similar offense to the triangle – so Clay is always going to be open, yeah. and he knows how to pass out. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and that's another thing that I feel like is now a lost art with some of these players. Now, it's like you got to be somewhat coachable in order for you to be successful. Clay Thompson is one hundred percent coachable. Where it's like, listen, Clay, I just need you to do this, that, and he's like, yeah, I got you. Run out this, run out this dream on screen on the right hand side and shoot the three. Got you. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 he does it. He's like, listen, I need you to go over there. And I need you to play 35 minutes on that defender right there. I'm like, yeah, I got you. Like, I feel like, you know, the coachability of, like, players, especially young players now, I feel like that's lost down in the NBA. And, like, I feel like, you know, Clay is such a student of the game, especially, like, with his father being in the NBA. And it's, like, it's just, like, not fun as opposed to, like, you know, like, highlight real fun. But, like, he's fun in the realm of, like, listen, he doesn't need to do much in order to impact the game. To dominate. A, yeah. To dominate. He doesn't have to do much to dominate. He's not gonna he's not gonna give you Kobe. He's not gonna give you Jordan. He's not gonna give you LeBron. He's gonna give you in essence a Tony Parker and a Mono Ginobili. They're they're gonna give you everything what they're gonna give you what you need at that time at that period of time. Yeah. Because the one thing I listen, I as I've had my issues with Tony Parker, but the one thing that I always loved about Tony Parker and the Spurs offense was Tony Parker's ability to always know where to go, like, especially, like, running off screens and off the ball. And, like, that was always, like, one of the funner things to watch about Spurs basketball is, like, watching the off-ball screen movements. And, like, when I watched the Warriors in the same in the same sense, you could clearly see the Popovich influence when Steve Kerr is drawing up plays for Stephen Clay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think for Clay, Clay Thompson, I always tell people, they're like, oh, Clay, they always say, oh, Clay can't lead his own team. Yeah, I've seen seen, seen that argument. Clay, Clay, where he has, yeah, like that's a myth. If if he had like a competent facilitator, like like how he had like Steph, or he has somebody that can, you know, can be the primary ball handler, Clay Thompson's good off ball enough to get himself open on his own. He doesn't need the ball to get open. Yeah, he does not. He moves yeah. around very well. You know what? Um, I'll, I'll even – listen, here's the thing, and I'll even go bold right now. If you replace Victor Oladipo on the Pacers with Clay Thompson, the, the the Pacers at that point to me are is a three seed. Ooh, that's a hot take out the hot take. Yeah. No, because you have Malcolm Brogdon who's already a 50-40-90 guy. Uh, you got Miles. You got Miles Turner, who's a former defensive All Pro. You got Sabonis, who's an All Star, and then you add Clay Thompson, who adds still the same defensive, you know, elements that Victor Oladipo does, but you get more efficiency on the offensive end as well. Mm. Mm. But it's like, hmm, are we taking torn ACL or torn patella? <laughs> so that's what we got dealing with two two talented two wing players that have tremendous leg injuries. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I trust Clay. 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go but ahead. I, you know, I, I'm with you. I trust Claymore because, like we said, Clay's style of playing. His is, shot never went away. Huh? His shot never went away. It, yeah, but, I, but what I'm saying is his style of play is less damaging to the body. Yeah, mm. he's able to sustain it for longer. Victor Oladipo yeah. is a lot more athletic, so like him going, like knocking off that rust, you know, with that leg injury, it's going to be a lot more like wear and tear, and a lot more to like shake off as opposed to you know, Clay just running off all ball screens. Right, because you don't see Clay attack the basket, and when you do, you he's it's not like he's going extremely hard. You know, he has an open layup, or he'll take a little floater, but it's not like he's going and doing damage at the rim every night. His his game is just, I, I would say, the most efficient way to use the body without without damaging too much. You know, yeah. it was just, I think I think the, it was unfortunate that he did his ACL. It was just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you call that, I, exhaustion? Because they, there's still no real signs of when you're gonna tear it it just tears i think with the i think with the warriors and how like both of them got their injuries clay's was more like a freak he just came down wrong it just went left for him now kd his was kind of like i always tell people about the derrick rose injury people was like well why he leave him out there i'm like well people don't realize rose missed 27 games that season he tore his acl he had like he had like a nagging toe injury, and he had nagging injuries that he never let heal, because you know everybody was like, "Well, this is the best chance the Bulls go win the ring." And Derrick Rose, he hears that and he's like, "Well, I gotta play." And I'm like, "Well, Rose, you know, Rose, what like that first game he played against Philadelphia again? Fuck you, Chris." Um, <laughs> um, but um, like after, basically, like Rose was not a hundred percent. And it basically, if Rose had sat out probably that series or some games, he probably doesn't tear it because they always say if you hurt one part of your leg, then it and you try to like overcompensate that, it, you, you, the rest of your body's gonna break down. Yeah, and right. that's kind of what happened with Rose. And then like plus Rose's style of playing, you know, that man was violently going up in the air and down on one leg, doing that for twenty some odd years. You know, so yeah, and I guess, but based, yeah, I pose the question: What are we gonna see Kevin Durant look like? That's what because, I like, what? Where do y'all see him? Y'all see him the top ten player next year? Do y'all still see him putting up twenty five a game? Do y'all see Kyrie being the number one option? What is like? What do you? What is your Kyrie? Is what are your expectations of him? Kyrie. Is going to be number two. Katie's still going to be the number one option. 25 a game, I still see from him, but I won't. You, I'm almost guaranteed you will not see the explosion. Um, and Katie not going to the basket as much anymore. He didn't go. He didn't go much as it is, but now we're just going to see less of it because he's not going to have that quick first step and with those long strides anymore. That's going to. That's completely gone. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do I'll, I'll go I'll be bold again. I see Kevin Durant averaging twenty one and seven next year. Oh, you say his production dips tremendously. Yeah, mm. because because you got to think about them. Him like he hasn't played basketball in nearly well over a year. Um, uh, no one no one is ever the same like coming back from an Achilles injury. 
we, we really haven't seen it. We didn't see it with Kobe. Dominique Wilkins really wasn't the same uh, coming back either. You got to think, like, the way that, uh, that Brooklyn team is constructed, they got scores everywhere. So, like, Kyrie can drop 25 a night. Uh, you obviously see Joe Harris can get hot. We've seen Karis LeVert drop 50 against Boston in overtime or earlier this year. We saw Spencer Dimwood get hot. So you have, like, a bunch of, like, four or five guys who can go hot at any given night. So I think, you know, Kevin Durant is, isn't going to be, you know, scoring, like, as much as, like, we're normally accustomed to, especially, you know, with him being as tall as he is. And, like, the one thing that we always talked about is, like, you know, with leg injuries, especially when it comes to big men, because Kevin Durant is a big man, he's like 6'10", nearly 7 feet. So, like, him coming back, that's that's kind of a massive red flag, in which I'm like, listen, I don't trust this guy to be, like, you know, 2014 Kevin Durant. I see his production still dipping, but I can still see him having the ability to close out games. But the one thing I definitely need to see Kevin Durant do next year, though, is probably take his game down to the post a little bit more. Because I, I feel like, yeah, because I feel like if he's able to do that, he's able to preserve his body and his career a lot longer. Because I feel like he's way too big and he's way too skilled of a shooter for him not to have an efficient post game at this point of his career. He will be going into what his fourteenth season? Yeah, fourteenth, uh, I believe. Fourteenth season. So it's so normal wear and tear is now going to be a factor for him because he's. Uh, he's already passed the hill, and he's on his, you know, he's on his way down. The only thing that I think, I think, I don't have a real big gamble, real yeah. big gamble, getting Kevin Durant in his, in you know, his current state. Um, I don't. I I want to agree with you, Chris. I I I want to. Instead of 21, I'll say 23. I'll say 23 a game. Because what's his av- what was his average? 20, I think it was around like 26, 27. Yeah, I say 23. You are going to see I, – I know we're going to definitely see a, a slower Durant, and he's going to have to rely on his jumper. But like you said, if he doesn't go to the post, I give him the end of the contract. But also here's the thing, though, like – we don't know who Brooklyn's coach is yet. Uh, they still have an interim head coach, so it's like we don't know who's going to be, you know, that 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 legitimate figurehead for that team next year, and we don't know what they're going to be asking for Kevin Durant to do next year. Like, if I was a coach, I'm like, listen, um, like, you're, like, here's the thing, like, Durant's, I believe, like, like 230, 240. So like, I'm like, listen, what I want you to do all summer is that I, I want you to go into the gym and I want you to learn, like, how to be an efficient post player. Get with Akeem or somebody – you know, who's also proficient in the post and just learn how to score off there. And we'll have you start at the four because, like, you're not going to see that same explosion. Like, you already have Kyrie, Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert already coming off the perimeter. And they're not coming off a serious, like, leg injury uh, deep in their career. So it's like we can have them for perimeter explosiveness. We just need you to reserve your body. Uh, obviously, I don't think he's going to be playing back-to-back. I think he's going to be, like, on a low management point at this point as well, kind of similar to Kawhi Leonard, given the, the nature of his injury. So, like, I have kind of see that more more so for Durant's future if that is Brooklyn's best course of action if I was in charge. Get into the post uh, so that way you'll be able to preserve your body a lot more, especially going into the postseason. Yeah, no, I agree. And he does need to get – he does need to go at 
I don't, I don't understand why more players, big, um, you know, big men, don't go and see him. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I mean, Dwight Howard had free access to him for years, and he didn't do shit. But yeah. Dwight, so I can't, I can't sit on him now because he's gotten so much better. Just accepting a role, a lesser role, and playing yeah. within a team's strategy, yeah. he looks a thousand times better. Yeah. His second time around. So I can't, I get crap on him too much. But with players like how Anthony Davis could benefit from it, um, definitely Embiid. Yeah. Embiid would, uh, I mean, it might give him a little bit of a fire because. How many how many bigs right now can play, or could defend someone who has a a solid post game like that? Like there aren't many bigs that can do that, that can even play a solid a, a post game like that, let alone defend it. So, yeah. But again, it's a motivation thing. Yeah, definitely. 